Flying Casuals brought to you by Patreon supporters Brent, Andy Dugan, David Bush, Rob Patsky, Jory Webb, Kelly Breckner, Nate Edison, and Wes Anderson. May the force be with you. You're listening to Flying Casual, a Star Wars podcast. Here's your host, Michael Canterbury. Hello there, Star Wars fans. Welcome back to another episode of Flying Casual. We are here with our latest installment of our formal book club, Holly's Hyperspace Happy Hour. I am joined by the lovely Holly. Um, This is your book club, Holly. It's 2020. The book club is still going strong, surprisingly, given the circumstances. It's It's been good, guys. We've had it every single month. Well... There was a there was a period of time where we were on a hiatus. That was a special time with a special book. That's right. Special but time. But we're back time. on schedule. We're doing this the second Saturday of every month, usually around nine PM Eastern, give or take um eighteen minutes. That's right. Yeah, we're a little late tonight, but uh, you're probably listening at work, at home, on the John, wherever you're listening, we appreciate it. Holly, twenty twenty is crazy. It's not gonna hold us back. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, a pandemic or, you know, Taco Bell taking cheesy Fiesta potatoes off of the menu. Uh, yes, Holly did sign the petition on chains.org All five uh, of them. to bring those back. A lot of things happening in our universe. And that's why, folks, sometimes we like to escape to that universe and that galaxy far, far away. You know, that happened a long time ago, surprisingly, Holly. Uh, but this month, Holly, we're talking about a little book called Ahsoka. Yeah. I read this book many a year ago when it first came out. And after you summarized the book, Holly, since, you know, for me, since I haven't read it in a long time, I realized didn't finish the book. Very surprised by that ending. Not so much because it highly related to the Clone Wars, but was v- very surprised that I didn't finish that book. But, Holly, we read Ahsoka. Well, you guys read Ahsoka. Uh, we are joined here with our, our lovely panelists of our book club. We've got Brent. we got Andy. we got Paige. we got Luke. we got Jory. we got Nate. And you know Rob's showing up late at some point, dropping in in a Kylo Ren mask. So we've got a big panel, a lot of thoughts on this one. But, Holly, I do want to start with you. It's your happy hour. It's your book club. Yeah. It was your choice of Ahsoka. What brought you to the book? Well, it actually was a little thing called a Facebook poll. Let's go. In the group. Um, it's nice that you give people the opportunity to have a voice. It's a nice, you know, a democracy here. In, this in is a democracy. I feel like that is just something that we have to support, especially yeah. as Star Wars fans. But you know what? You could put a poll right now in the Facebook group, and you could literally just ask people to give, 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 give them, you know, two options, yes or no. Would you like this podcast to go full Sith and become, you know, an authoritarian regime I think everyone would answer yes. I think one person would answer yes, and I think that he's on this panel right now, and that is Brent himself. As it's possible, but I don't know. Nettie's rocking the Sith flying casual shirt right now, a six shirt created by yours truly, uh, Michael Canterbury. But a six shirt, I'm, I'm interested to see, Holly. We've got trivia trials coming up next week with Nate. I don't know what to expect. He may come full Sith. We're going to see. He's teasing us right now on the side. <laughs> Um, but so we, we, we Holly, you, you picked this one. Uh, first thoughts. What, what would you, what'd you think? Yeah. I'll tell you guys what I think. Come I on. won't ask Michael what he thinks. Don't. Um, cause he didn't do his homework. I'm here for comedy. That's it. Yeah. You're here. Um, wow. <laughs> Slam. um personally, I like the book a lot. Okay. Um, and we'll get everybody else's thoughts too. I think we don't really read too many young adult books in the book club. 
this is probably our second one because I think Leia was also a young adult book. Mm. So the writing style was a little bit different compared to Dark Disciple, which was last month's book. But they're both books based on Clone Wars, so we just continued yeah. with that Clone Wars theme here. Personally, for me, Ahsoka is one of my favorite characters. Yeah. I don't know if everyone agrees that we would categorize her as a Jedi or a non-Jedi. I yeah. think that that is something that's debated. Big debate. Um, so she is one of my favorite Jedi and one of my favorite non-Jedi. So I always love to hear more about Ahsoka. I think that what happened in the book, and we can get to this as we get into our conversation, mm. I think that it stood true to her character. I think she acted exactly how I would expect Ahsoka to act. I think... Yeah. Um, she had her little funny moments. I think that she was fierce and badass, um, but still had a lot of that Ahsoka heart. Checked all the boxes. Now, we did look at a few reviews. I'm not sure, Holly, where you were pulling those reviews from. Not such a loved book in the Star Wars community, but, Holly, a lot of people were saying, you know, it was just too much Ahsoka, and I, you know, I, I, I felt that was a little problematic because the damn book's <laughs> called Ahsoka. Am I wrong? No, I am... Um, I'm on Goodreads, so I looked this book up on Goodreads go. before... Is that a credible source? I'm not yes. sure. Okay, okay. Um, I looked this book up on Goodreads before this podcast, because yeah. I kind of wanted to see what everybody else was talking about yeah. before coming into this. Now, I think that people's sentiments change a little bit now based on Season 7 of The Clone Wars, mm. since this book did come out in 2016. So that was long before we got this latest season of Clone Wars. Yeah. And I haven't seen any new reviews. There were some that were from yeah. about a year ago, but I don't know how long ago those were. But a big complaint that I saw from people is that they were saying this is just too much Ahsoka. Too much Ahsoka. I don't know how that's possible yeah. because the book is literally titled Ahsoka. I thought this was going to be about Obi-Wan's you know, hiatus on Tatooine. Well, we do learn a little bit about that. Though. Actually, we do. A so, really awesome part of it. Um, And then... So that didn't make a lot of sense to me. And then the other review that I saw um, that we will talk about in this book club today as well is that there were a lot of people that were upset because they said that it had too many LGBTQ undertones. Yeah. And I didn't appreciate that um, type of review. But <laughs> we can get to that. But I think I didn't really agree with Yeah, you books. did not write the review. That's I what didn't. You're saying. So okay. that's what we're here to do. Okay, so you like you liked the book overall. It may be a little teen fiction, but we hey, we dabble in it every once in a while, just like the dark side. So hey, you enjoyed it. Yeah. You'd read it again. Yeah. Okay. I actually said that to Paige earlier. I was like, I think that I need to read this again because mm -hmm. I flew through it. Yeah. Gave myself two days to read it, people. Come on. Yeah, that's insane. I actually I asked Holly if she could take a little bit of her brain and put it in mine, and she said, no, you're going to be the dummy of the podcast. So let's go around the horn. Let's get a general thoughts on the book. <laughs> let's start with our dark side in-house user. Brent, what did you think, my good friend? I really enjoyed the book. Um, I, I, it's been a little while since I've listened to it, and I only listened to it once on the audio recording. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it going through. There are some uh, parts that I think stand up. There might be a slight continuity issue now that season seven's come out with the beginning relating to Ahsoka's lightsabers. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it gave us lightsaber lore, which yeah. up until that point, yes. all we had was that the you know the Sith sabers were made from synthetic carbon crystals, and that was how they were read. Now we know that's untrue. There's yeah. something like officially in canon, and for that, this book is awesome and well worth the read on that fact alone. Yes. 
Absolutely. I'm always down for uh, some good kyber crystal talk and I some actually, good laser sword penetration. Holly. I actually have that written in big capital letters on my notes with a bunch of underlines. Yep. It says lightsaber. Yeah. Exclamation. And that's point. it. That's the only note she made. So that's I guess actually true. <laughs> we're going to talk a lot about lightsabers. Uh, Dugan, if, if uh, you're out west, so our, our communications may be a little delayed. There's wildfires everywhere. Oh. So I hope you're safe, first of all. But you picked up Ahsoka. I know you're a fan of her. What did you think, buddy? Yeah. Well, you know, just like Holly, you know, I was kind of pissed with all the LGBTQ overtones, you know, trying to get that in here. Um, no, actually, so I really liked the book. Um, I actually read it, like, I remember when Holly, like, first announced uh, Hyperspace Happy Hour and, like, a few of the books. And then I read those ones, and so I had a little bit extra time. And so I grabbed this one. So I read it a couple months ago. Nice. Um, nice. And I think I read this right between the time I was, I like finished Clone, like before like the new Clone Wars came out. So I finished Clone Wars, I was watching Rebels, and so like I was just like wondering about like, what what was Ahsoka doing in between? Yeah. And uh, so yeah, no, I really, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Um, Yeah, it it was, honestly, I didn't even think it was too young adult, a couple parts maybe, but honestly, yeah, I thought it was fun. And it sounds like a lot of people like flew through it. Uh, and I think I did the same. I think I read it in probably just like a, several days. Um, so yeah, it was a nice, nice read. Absolutely. Lots of, lots of, I mean, some hot and heavy action, Holly, maybe not. Yeah. I don't recall well, what the book was about, but <laughs> lots of laser swords I'm hearing. Yeah. I, well, actually not really. Oh, um, well, that, why do the notes just say laser swords? It doesn't. It says lightsaber. Okay. Well, but... we come from a different generation, <laughs> Holly. I'm sorry. Um, I will say this. <laughs> There was a lot of violence, and there yes. was a lot of gore in it. So I yeah. do think that if you're rating something young adult based on that, maybe this wasn't actually a young adult book. Well, here's the thing, Holly. Kids nowadays are playing some of the most gory and violent things, you know, that we've ever yeah. witnessed. So I think a little, you know, a little laser sword action, you know, some hearts ripping out, things exploding. I, I think kids are used to that. This was actually probably mild in comparison to Somebody does some get cut in half. They do. And it's not Darth Maul. That's a spoiler for Phantom Menace. No. Paige, I... I, I know you got some strong feelings about this one. So if you can highlight yeah. the high points right now for us, what did you think? Um, well, I didn't fly through it, but that's not the book's fault. Um, it was personal reasons. Uh, so I really liked it. I also love Ahsoka. I loved the gay content. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, I'm happy Dugan's here, so I'm not by myself this time. Uh, <laughs> I'm not the only queer person here. Um, um, but it kind of hit too close to home with the whole her struggling on being alone and not yeah. knowing what she was doing and being out of control. I have control problems. So um, I related to her a lot. So it just it was hard for me. It wasn't triggering but it made me disassociate a lot so i had to take very long breaks from the book uh, while reading it but um i really enjoyed it um it made her feel more not not human because she's not a human but um (laughs) you know relatable um it brought up a lot of different issues um diversity problems in star wars um and i think I liked the lightsaber lore a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, my best one of my best friends was actually reading it too while we were doing this, and she was like dying for me to read it because she was so excited for me to find out how she got her crystals. And um, 
I was very surprised personally um, about the crystal situation. Um, I thought that was new and inventive. um, And I love E.K. Johnson, too, because I I love the Padme books. So I was really excited to read a YA novel. I love YA novels. I don't think this is too violent. I think this is on par with a YA novel. So absolutely. I enjoyed it. Holly, yeah. Paige brought up a good point. I didn't even think about that, you know, how relatable it is to, to what we're going through right yeah. now, right? You know, challenging to be, you know, you're, you're so alone, you're so isolated at times and, 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 and confliction and all the all this stuff going on right now that we're all feeling, um, at least I know I am. Thoughts? Yeah, I think that we've talked about this on a couple of podcasts before because I do think that this is a theme that comes up frequently in Star Wars. There is a lot of isolation, um, either intentionally or unintentionally there's both there i think that we've talked about this in terms of obi-wan oh boy um which actually one of my favorite parts of this book was when i guess we'll skip to the end real quick spoilers uh bail organa and ahsoka were having a conversation and bail has this inner dialogue about obi-wan and how lonely it must be for him to be out in the desert and i just think that you can imagine all of these jedi out there all going through the same thing together, but alone. And I think that everyone here can feel that too, because there's not a lot of gatherings. There's not a lot of get togethers right now. There's not really a lot of interaction unless it's like we're doing right now on Skype online through text. Yeah. Well, we let's hope that the Obi-Wan series comes out and the pandemic is miraculously gone. This virus hopefully is, but is gone by then we're all back to normal life because it may be triggering Holly. I may just grow a beard and throw a robe around myself and find some hut somewhere and hide some laser swords, you know, for the, the, the chosen one to come save us all. It may come to that. (laughs) It may be a little triggering. So I hope things get better soon. Our Sith Lord here is enticing me to go hide away uh, and, to meditate for years and years and years. Uh, looking forward to that series about Kenobi. And Nettie, uh, you're a fan of Ahsoka. You picked this one up. You may have read this one a while back as well, but what did you think, my friend? I really enjoy it. Say, I did. Um, say, I read it for the first time probably about a year, a year and a half ago, just just for fun, slowly walking through canon material. And then when I found out um, we were doing it for the book club, I've listened to the audio book like three times since then just because nice. – I listened to podcasts and audiobooks at work, and I've been working some overtime, so I had a chance to get through it. And yeah, I think it's a really good book. Say, um, Ahsoka's a character that, like, when she was introduced in like the Clone Wars movie, I was kind of like, "What's the point of this character?" Yeah. But she's really grown on me as her characters developed throughout Clone Wars and Rebels in this book. I, I definitely like her a lot more now. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! That's I, funny. So on, so on par with what I'm. Yeah, Michael about. and I had that conversation earlier. I said Ahsoka is a very unique character for us in Star Wars because not only is she a strong, independent female yeah. in Star Wars who isn't Princess Leia. Yeah. She also is a character that we've known her from such a young age. Yeah. So we get to kind of grow with Ahsoka throughout. The Clone Wars movie, Clone Wars the series. We have this book, yeah. and then we see her in Rebels. Yeah. And I feel like that's pretty unique because who else do we really get to go that in-depth with yeah. as they grow? Well, probably just Anakin. The only thing we're missing is her being a real asshole, I'm sure, there in the Jedi Temple as a youngling. I'm, I'm <laughs> thinking those days maybe we can just skim over, and we really don't need to hear her be really annoying because she was mm-hmm. a, a, a very close to Anakin Skywalker, probably even you know a little better than Anakin because we all know he's a whiny little baby when he's younger. But... Uh, Maybe we don't need that, but who knows? Who knows? 
they did just release that uh, that golden book for uh, Ahsoka as a Padawan. Yes. Oh my god! Available so on her universe. Perfect. You just talked about yes, that last night. I too, did Holly. just talk about that last night. I don't know if you guys had a lot of the golden books growing up. Yeah, I sure did. And I love how the Ahsoka one on the bindings. Usually, yeah. the golden books have the bindings, and they have like little bunnies mm-hmm. and little animals on them. But the Ahsoka one has little Darth Vader helmets yeah. and. All kinds of little cute Star Wars ones, and I just think that's phenomenal. Well, here's a little behind-the-scenes details that Holly didn't share with you about these book-reading days of hers with the golden bindings back in the day. She actually used to eat those bindings. <laughs> I did not so, used to eat the bindings. Uh, little, fa- little known fact. Well, now you know. You didn't know before, but now you do. Uh, so... <laughs> Holly, yeah, those, win- those winters are harsh in Maine. You they are. Get what you can. Something true. to gnaw on and a nice, you know, hardbound, you know, golden-bound book. Girls got to chew. Uh, yeah, you were looking, you know, for that uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory <laughs> ticket. I don't. That was a bad joke. I gave up on that one. A golden ticket. Mid-sentence. Um, the, the golden ticket was the book. <laughs> Holly, now... I, I, I'm, we're going to ask Jory what he thought of this. And you know what? At some point, I'm, I feel like Jory's just going to go off and say, I freaking hated this thing. Maybe he was the guy who made the Goodreads review and said there was too much Ahsoka. In it. I don't know. <laughs> Jory, am I wrong? Uh, no, you're right. I absolutely <laughs> hate it. No, it's not. It was a good book. Um, it definitely, uh, I had a little bit different experience than I think some of the others. I definitely did feel like it was more young adult. Um, yeah novel um and i think it was just had to do with the writing um and how uh it seemed oh it was like perfect for me it's like dumbed down you know it was like very <laughs> very you know simple you know uh not a lot of big words you know i can spell it all out it was we were good to go as far as that <laughs> um but as far as uh the content in the book it was i i really enjoyed it um and uh i was able to uh listen to it a couple times um, I was actually able to listen to it because uh, I don't know if you guys know, but when you do the uh, audio books on your phone, you can like double time it. And yeah. so I was able to listen to it in like three and a half hours, which is pretty awesome. Was like um, Ashley Eckstein, like, like, was that, how, is that very, how it went? Yeah, very much so. <laughs> uh, it, it took a second, you know, because I got the blower unit next to me in the mower. And, and like you had to kind of, yeah, yeah, phrasing. <laughs> uh, you had to kind of like really make sure you paid attention. And, uh, but, you know, after a while, it just was second nature. It was just, you know, she was talking really fast. But, yeah. oh, I enjoyed it. It was, it was a good time. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, uh, now we're going to hear from our, our, our in-house Star Wars expert, uh, the good uh, Sir Luke Elder. Mr. Elder, you, like myself, read this many a year ago. Maybe you touched up on Wikipedia this evening. I'm not sure. But yeah, you, I recall you enjoying this, this book as well. Um, and, uh, but what did you think? I'm still processing Jory's double time thing. That, that was amazing. <laughs> I don't know if I could handle it. Uh, <laughs> Too much Star Wars, too fast. Uh, yeah, I'm in the camp of a lot of people where I read it um, a little while ago. I'll take you down the long meandering road like I like to. Uh, I started reading uh, the, the new canon books in 2017. And by that point, what they can't, started coming out in 2015. So the pace these things come out, yeah. like, you know, they're coming out fast and, and, and furious. So um, I had this long list of like, okay – once I start into something, once I like really got back into Star Wars canon, I was, I'm a bit of a completionist. So I'm like, I'm going to do it all. Yeah. And I was kind of racing through them and looking for the, the bigger canon connections, bigger connections to like the saga films and things. And so when I first read this book, I was a little disappointed with, um, the main story on the, on the moon 
the, the farming moon, uh, Rada, Rada. Yeah. Um, because it, it, it felt too small to me. And I was like, why do I care? I don't, I don't know what this is. What's going yeah. on? They're farmers, this star Wars farmers. So I didn't put it very high up in my kind of, you know, rankings of all the books. I wouldn't have put it top five, maybe not even top 10. Uh, but what I did remember really loving are those interludes yeah. that you get. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got my hands on the book today um, and just read all the interludes so I could at least catch up on that and then kind of, you know, did some Wikipedia reviewing as well, that refresher. And then I love the, what EK Johnson did with um, the material that she had for those interludes. She writes quite beautifully. I just read, um, the reason I didn't reread this whole book recently is because I just read um, Alphabet Squadron to Shadowfall and uh, E.K. Johnson's Queen's Peril about Amidala. Because, mm. um, again, I'm trying to keep up <laughs> with the, the canon that's coming back, and those are the two most recent books. And I've grown to, to sort of love her writing more and more. This is now, you know, I've read three of her books, Queen's Shadow, Queen's Peril, and, and Ahsoka. And, and she just, like, gets Star Wars. Like, and, and she is such a good steward mm-hmm. uh, of Star Wars. There's... Um, there's really powerful moments in those interludes. I like what she did with the stuff we see in season seven on Mandalore. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was writing that based off of old script notes and not having seen it. And I think she wrote it beautifully, even if some of the, the finer details contradict what we see in the end. Um, the way she writes about the Kyber crystals, which is a huge part of the book. Um, it's really beautiful about the, the crystals just laying in wait and growing until the right person comes along and speaking out to them. Um, so I, I think what you have to do with a lot of these books that I did wrong early on when getting back into the canon novels is a lot of them are more character study and about what the character is going through and developing rather than like looking for the big plot connections which i like tended to focus on more and i think it, it's a, it was a wonderful bridge between the ahsoka we saw in the clone wars who like Paige talks about like at once she leaves the jedi and she's in this she's lost she has yeah. no direction she's wandering aimless um to when we are reintroduced her in, in rebels she's quite confident and assure of what she seems to be doing yeah so there's definitely something to fill in there. Um, and so I, I really um, like the way Paige, you know, mentioned that. And, and I think it's a big aspect of just seeing, seeing Ahsoka find her purpose again. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll pause there and we can, we can catch up later. Yeah. I, I, I think I felt the same way Luke did when I read it, like, you know, the, the moon Rada and all that it's, it's cool. It is what it is. But then when you think about like, what she's gone through and what Obi-Wan's gone through. And it's like, that's, that's pretty realistic, right? Like you can keep your head down. You're probably not mm-hmm. going to get into too much shit. Like that's just what it's going to be. And it may not be that interesting. Yeah. And we may see that, you know, similar story with Obi-Wan, but. Well, also I think the importance of us being on Rada for most of the time is that, you know, I think that a lot of times everybody wants like these yeah. bigger stories and they want to see more of the galaxy, but for realistic, Realistically, and we're talking about fiction. Yeah. So I use that term lightly. Yeah. But in terms of what the Empire is doing to the galaxy, for these yeah. people on Rada, it, they don't care if the galaxy is having this happen all over the place. What they care about is that it's happening to them in yeah. this moment on their planet. 
their livelihood is being come in or the empire is coming in and taking over, yeah. taking their livelihood, using up their resources, and then they're just going to leave. And I think that it's important to know, yeah. like, this battle needs to be fought for everybody, even these small communities on these moons like Rada, because it affects everybody everywhere. Yeah, it's not going to all be about a regime change in Coruscant. Yeah. There's going to be other civilizations out there, and we, sh- we should, you know, we're going to learn about their stories too. And what I was thinking about with, with, with her relationship with these these kids. I, I, I couldn't recall their names. I just know she had a relationship on the moon with the these people. Farty sisters. The Farty sisters. It reminded me of the other sisters from the Clone Wars, right? And I'm like, very similar stories, right, Holly? We had well, mentioned that. There's actually two sets of sisters in this That's book, right. The first and then the second. So the Farty yeah. sisters are the first ones, yes. but then she meets Caden and Miardi. Yeah, I, nailed it. Am I nailing that? I think you nailed it. Yeah. So lots of relationships <laughs> with lots of sisters. But so who who was the the sisters before that we? Those are the the first sisters with the younger girl. Oh, I'm talking about Clone Wars. Sorry, oh. I don't recall uh, their names. That's Trace and Rafa. Yeah, just watched those episodes. Yes. So I, I, when I was recalling the story, I was like, "Wow, very sip." Like, was Filoni kind of using some stuff? You know, he had ideas for you know for E. K. Johnson, also using it here in the Clone Wars. But then I'm realizing like. Ahsoka or Ashla just has a lot of trust issues right now, right? Like she left the Jedi Order. She's got a lot of trust issues. She's like, I don't know if I trust these sisters in the Clone Wars. Eventually learns, you know, to trust them and kind of reveal herself. Um, And then Order 66 happens. Like it's just like she's gone through so many ups and downs similar to Maul, who I'm sure has trust issues too. We're not really sure with him. Uh, But I, I found myself annoyed at first being like there's such similar stories, but then realizing like, but all these ebbs and flows that she's gone through, Holly, is that, am I wrong? No, you're right. Absolutely. Nailed it. That's, <laughs> that's my entire contribution. You guys have a good that's night. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll see you later. Thanks for joining but Holly, you had Hyperspace some, Happy You hour. had some big points that you wanted to hit on. That's my contribution. So what's the next big point? Um. Uh. Well, I think that something that we all brought up was the lightsaber lore. Yeah. And that was one of my favorite parts. So I know Brent Page and Luke have all talked about it. I love when Luke brought up those kind of um, in-between stories that E.K. Johnson put in here because I actually read, Michael, the whole um, crystal, kyber crystal segment. And double speed, too. So I was trying to keep up with her. She's like, we've got a podcast at 9 o'clock. Like, we got to do this. I I channeled my inner Ashley X. That's right. That's Um, right. But I just thought that was so beautifully written. It actually gave me chills. That was my favorite thing ever because I love how it personified these crystals and talked about the planet. And I don't know if anybody else has played Fallen Order or gotten to Illum. Never heard of it. But there's a game. It's called Fallen Order. Uh, and you Jedi, call Jedi. Fallen Order or Law and Order? I'm a little confused. Both. Okay. <laughs> the Law and Order in Fallen Order. Okay. Anyway. And I just feel like even though that this game was created four years after this book was written, but everything just aligns so nicely and beautifully. And you can see the empire start to come in and drill in these planets. And it just like made me overwhelmingly sad because I felt like it was very similar to what's happening here. Yeah. We, we had literally just discussed an NPR article about plastics and how they're not being recycled, Holly, and how they haven't been recycled for 30 plus years. And then we, you, you summarize this book for me. It's all too, it's all too triggering to be honest, but we digress. Yes. So I just felt the connection that the crystals have and how they're described with having patience and then how 
Ahsoka throughout the novel is described with learning how to be patient. I just thought all of that went together really well. But I want to go back to Brent because Brent brought this up first in the Mm -hmm. beginning when we were going around saying what we liked. And Brent, you brought up the lightsaber lore to start us right off. So I kind of wanted to come back to you and see, like, what specifically about that you love so much? Like I was saying earlier, um, just, you know, previous to that in the expanded universe, you know, the thought that the Sith lightsaber was red because they had synthetic kyber crystals it wasn't a real kyber crystal um so to completely change i mean granted that was never complete canon because it was expanded universe even back then um but that was all we had we had nothing else so that was all we had to go with um so to come in and lay down not only something that's canon but something that's completely different than what we always had was i mean that was just awesome and then you sit there and you think about okay at that point in time what all these other Jedi had to do to then make their kyber crystals work for them. And then you think about Luke in Return of the Jedi, where he just lost his previous, you know, he lost his dad's lightsaber. And then, so not only did he have to then, like, make his own kyber crystal connection, which nobody was there to teach him unless he was talking to Obi-Wan potentially in the interlude, um, but then where did he also get that kyber crystal from? Yeah. Because, I mean, at that point in time, you don't know of other, you know, that many other lightsabers around let alone, oh, there's, you just happened, you know, I mean, I guess Luke was laying around, so maybe it's a dime a dozen here and there, but, you know, where did he find it to begin with, and then, you know, the connection, and how did he learn it all, and, you know, and you start thinking about that sort of stuff, and how it relates back to all that, it's just awesome, and it's like, it's rare that you get something so significant in the lore that's presented new to something like Star Wars, um, that you just, it's just awesome. And they picked up on that in the Darth Vader 2017 line, too. And you see Vader, who's just lost his lightsaber to Obi-Wan. And the Emperor's like, well, here's your first test. Go find you a kyber crystal and make a new lightsaber. He's like, oh, shit, okay, well. Uh, and I, he, he couldn't just use, you know, crystals lying around that the Empire had picked up. He's got to go find his own. And he ends up finding an old Jedi Master, and he defeats him and bleeds it. We learn about bleeding kyber crystals. And then it's like, okay, it's been bled. Now how did Ahsoka get these white lightsabers? I think we were all just like, how, like what did, did she what did she do? I don't even recall exactly what she said she did, Holly, but maybe you do. Yeah, so she actually said, I restored them. I freed them. The red crystals were corrupted by the dark side when those who wielded them bent them to their will. They call it making the crystal bleed. That's why yeah. the blade is red. And that was an intense scene in the Darth Vader comic of, of Vader just all out just darkness on this thing, almost like crushing it. It was it was insane. But uh, so it's know. cool that they, like they started the story here and we're now continuing it on in new canon. And you're right; it's far different from a uh, you know a, a generic kind of you know not even real kyber crystal that they had kind of come up with. Um, so yeah, it's super cool, super cool. Yeah, Paige, I know you brought this up too, so I wanted to get your thoughts mm-hmm. and see what it was that you liked about it. So okay, so I have two different things. Um, the first goes off the same thing. Brent was talking about um, with we always thought that they were fake crystals. Well, I want to know what Kylo Ren did to crack his crystals since I always thought it was a fake crystal, which it makes sense that it cracked because mm-hmm. he's an idiot. And of course, he would crack it somehow <laughs> because he wouldn't know what he was doing. Yeah, I've had a lot of revelations about that. Holly and I have talked about it. Um <laughs> I just want to know what he did to crack an actual kyber crystal. I think that's fascinating that it's not a fake crystal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I also love Inquisitor 
lightsabers. That's my big thing. It's like I'm very into I've been playing Fallen Order, so <laughs> I'm very into all of it. My favorite passages about the lightsabers, though, um, was the whole thing when Ahsoka was leaving her lightsabers at the grave um, of Rex um, and her talking about how important those lightsabers were because Anakin gave them to her. Mm. And I, I've rewatched the last two episodes of the Clone Wars more times than I can count. (laughs) And there's a video that I found that put the, um, audiobook audio over that video of Ahsoka at the graves. Nice. And it is just like so upsetting. <laughs> like oh. it is so upsetting. And just thinking about how hard that was for her to leave those and completely just shed her entire self and walk away and then eventually leave the person who essentially is her only friend mm-hmm. and go be by herself is it's just that's the only thing she had tying herself together was these lightsabers and then she has to leave the butt like it's just very upsetting to me so i think her being able to take um two sith crystals and then making them pure again is very very symbolic um and she doesn't even really understand how important that is until probably rebels yeah yeah so the holly she that moment with with the gravesite, right? Very similar to Clone Wars. I remember after Clone mm-hmm. Wars ended, people were debating like, did she did she bury them there to to try to tell everyone that you know this Jedi that was here is dead, or was this you know her trying to tell Anakin that I'm still out there? Like, I think this definitively pretty much tells us she was trying to deceive people into thinking she was dead. Yeah. That's what it was in the novel. It was supposed to be that Rex killed her and then he got got after. So then they buried him with the lightsabers yeah. as like a trophy. Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I, it was a lot. All, all of it is, if you want to call it heartbreaking, then I think that yes. that's probably appropriate because, mm-hmm. you know, throughout this novel, she talks about her relationship with the clones. And I think one of the more emotional passages in this book is when she talks about they treated her like family, like she was there for them and they were there for her. And no matter how many times she made a bad call and got their brothers killed, like they would always come back and follow her into battle and do what she needed them to do. And she said, you know, part of that was in their blood, but not all of it was. It was just because they're genuinely good people. Yeah. And it's cool that, like, while there's some differences between the novel and the end of Clone Wars, it's nice, though, like, when she shows up and all the clones have, you know, are are representing her and, hey, we still stand by you. They complement each other, right? You're getting more of that that emotion in this book, but then you just double down on it in the Clone Wars with that visual and and the sentiment, obviously, in there. I kind of want to ask all you guys, since we're kind of in that realm of discussing, you know, the similarities of the Clone Wars and, and this book, I think a lot of us probably... Maybe feel a little, I don't know, maybe feel a little more passionately about the Clone Wars. It just kind of happened, right? And it was really epic. Um, so I'm sure most of us are like, I kind of prefer that storyline. But is there anything in particular that maybe that you prefer from the Clone Wars more so than the novel? Or is there something actually in the novel that really worked more so for you than we saw in the Clone Wars? That's a big question, Michael. Hey, I, I, that's what I do. I ask the big, important questions. You'll I, I think the... 
the emotional beats of both are really the same. Uh, so to me, like I said, the, the finer details of the differences are, are hardly important at all because yeah. both are talking like, like you, you've said, a couple of people have said, you know, that the clones became family to her Yeah. for, you know, someone who is not supposed to, to make too many personal attachments according to the old, you know, the, the Republic era, um, Jedi order, she definitely made deep connections with, with the clones and it's, it's so beautiful in season seven when you see, like you were talking about the, the clones who have taken on her image in their helmet. Yeah. And after kind of reading through the interludes of this book, I went today and pulled up a lot of the scenes from those last couple episodes, including that, that very last scene, um, with the graves, uh, after the star destroyers crashed. And it, it, it is so it's haunting to see like, a piece of her has died and it's represented by those helmets with her image basically on it buried there. Um, in, in which I think EK Johnson captures as well in her writings about, about the loss that she feels in those moments. Um, so that's why I, I have a huge respect for EK Johnson. And I think she really gets, gets the Ahsoka character. You know, this is a character created and nurtured by George Lucas and Dave Filoni wonderfully, and then she was able to pick up and, and run with it and, I think, stay true to it. Yeah, I think um, something that I liked, I have the physical copy of the book, and that's what I was reading, and at the end she has, as most authors do, acknowledgments, which, by the way, were very funny. She's very funny, <laughs> E.K. Johnston. Um, I love her humor, which is probably one of the reasons yeah. why she was able to write Ahsoka so well is because I feel like she kind of has that same like quick wit, but she actually has an acknowledgement that she wrote for, um, Dave Filoni yeah. because she actually was able to work with him in developing her version of Ahsoka in the novel. Yeah. And I just think that's so great when you have these writers for Lucasfilm and then you have these novelists and they're able to come together to give you as a reader the best version of these characters that they can and I think that that's something that's pretty unique for these Star Wars books especially because Michael and I were talking this wasn't one of the Del Rey books yeah um this was a different publisher and she was still able to work with Filoni and get those characters right for a while I was questioning years ago if it were canon or not I was like this is a different public like I'm I I'm not sure. Like it just even the cover looks different than the typical Star Wars book. So I was like, is it canon? And it's crazy now to go back and I'm really sad that I didn't finish the book because I don't recall any of it. But like how much information in 2016 we got about the end of the Clone Wars and how, you know, yeah, small details have changed. But like back then, Dave Filoni had it all in his mind how this was going to play out. And yeah, the blue lightsabers are different than the green ones, but like the, the, the story was there, you know? Yes, it was different how Maul was captured, but like the story was there. The fact that he even had Ahsoka and Maul facing off and it being that epic, uh, just... And I don't think... One thing for me that the Clone Wars really did well was emphasizing Anakin. I don't recall in the book if they mentioned really much about Anakin and how he was the the one that's being groomed by Sidious. Did they they didn't touch on that in the book, it did they? Yeah, it wasn't a thing. That's that's the stuff that I really liked more so in the Clone Wars, but the fact that we were getting this story 4 years ago 
is crazy. So thank God that they got to finish the Clone Wars because you got to remember at this point, there was no thought of the Clone Wars coming back. It wasn't a thing. It was done. Um, so I'm glad that we got to actually kind of see this uh, on the big screen, so to speak. But I don't know. <laughs> on the big screen, he says. Well, the 42-inch screen. <laughs> is that what? what Phrasing, it yes, is? it is 42 <laughs> inches. Phrasing, yes. No, I, I agree. I think that I <laughs> had more of an emotional reaction to certain parts of this book by being able to be in my own element and reading it than I would have if I was like sitting on the couch watching it in the Clone Wars. And so I can appreciate having it in both mediums and having it tell a story because kind of like Paige was saying, I, especially with everything else that's going on, I feel like I, maybe I wouldn't have had the same reaction to some of this if Mm -hmm. we weren't in the middle of a pandemic Um, And we were able to maybe do this mostly in person and, you know, go talk to your neighbors and do this and do that. But like the the way that E.K. Johnston wrote this and about the loneliness and the isolation, you don't get to feel that so much in the Clone Wars, in the TV show, because we're not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. So something else that we haven't talked about yet that I really liked, um, because this was obviously surprising to me when I watched Rebels, was seeing why Ahsoka took on the code name of Fulcrum. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also was surprised that Bail Organa was in this so much. I don't know if any of you guys were surprised by how mm-hmm. how big of a part he had in this. Dugan. Yeah, no, I was actually, and that was probably like one of my favorite, or one of my more favorite parts about the book. Um, because, it, it, like, the end of episode three, like, you know, Yoda goes into hiding, Obi-Wan goes into hiding, and then Bale's, like, the only one kind of left yeah. that's, like, still hanging out, like, on Coruscant, still, like, trying to do his thing in the Senate, and then, like, but then this is, like, fairly, like, early on, and then he's already, like, putting the gears in motion of trying to start the rebellion or yes. what will be that um so yeah no and that's something that i would like to see more of honestly it's like more bail if it is a book if it is uh, it'd be sweet if it was some type of like you know series or something like that um but it's such like a cool character um that there's a huge gap kind of and then when he gets blown away you know honestly like no like this is his last like we don't really get that much of him after the end of um episode three when he takes Leia home. So there's actually, I I enjoyed that part of the book. There's actually a deleted scene from revenge of the Sith that shows a meeting of Bale and Padme and Mon Mothma, the the, the senators at the time, kind of, this was the beginning of the high rebellion, not the, you know, we haven't really gained a lot of support on the ground, but these higher ups being like, "Eh, this isn't right. This dude's a nut job. Like the democracy's gone. And George Lucas took that out, and I actually watched it recently, and I was like, boy, that is a powerful clip and a powerful story. And it's actually a really long discussion that they have about, like, we need to be careful. No one talks of this. This is like, but we can't let this go on. And they all kind of agree to it. And I thought, why the hell wasn't that in the movie? That's that's exactly what Dugan's saying. Like, Bail Organa, starting that from the beginning, I mean, God rest his soul, but it just... I, I could use some more bail too, and maybe we'll get it in a Cassian series. I mean, maybe I don't know how far we're going to go back um, with the with the rebellion, but maybe some more opportunity for bail. Let's not uh, bail. 
he has his issues, but I do think the more I read about um, some of the dads in Star Wars, the more yeah. I really appreciate Bale. Let's go. Um, a lot of deadbeat dads in the universe. God, right. there's so many yeah. deadbeat dads. Darth Vader being one of them. Let's let's not let's not lie. Yeah, he was God. redeemed, but don't forget. Not a great people dad. don't forget Darth. Han Solo wasn't a great dad. He wasn't yeah. really there for yeah. his kid. You know who was? Bail or Donna. You know who else was? The Mandalorian. Wow. But. Wow. <laughs> Deep, Holly. Uh, are, you, are you foreseeing a father, you know, son, like, relationship here? Is that what we're building up to in season two? I'm, like, reaching out to the force wow. right now. I feel he it. adopted the yeah. kid. What it. do you think this is? I feel it. <laughs> It's the, the adoption force is penetrating me. I can feel it. Wow. No, but I, there was one thing that I struggled with the way that Bale was portrayed. And I've kind of gone back and forth with myself on this. I think I might have texted Paige about it a little bit. The Bale that we get in this novel is very different from the Bale that we get in Leia. And I'm trying to think of how much time passes between these probably, what do you guys think, like 10, 11 years mm-hmm. probably? If we're thinking in this novel, I don't know, maybe Leia's like three? Sounds about right. I could be wrong. I don't know the exact timeline. Jory, Jory might, does. Jory does. A one. Or he's just saying she was one year. Yeah, it, yeah, was, it, was, it, was, it takes place a year after. One year after. Six. Great point. That, how the hell did we get that wrong, Holly? One year after she was born. Yeah. One year. No, between Ahsoka and the Leia novel. Oh, well, sure. Yeah. So Leia, and I believe Leia in uh, the Leia novel was 14, right? So it'd be 13 years. I mean, so about 13 years. Yeah. I got I got my copy here. Let's go. (laughs) 16 in the Leia book. Holy shnikes. Okay. Wait, so, okay, Ahsoka takes place one year after Leia was born, but then... Doesn't Bale talk to Leia and say, like, tell your mom? This is the problem I had, Holly. Wait, I'm oh, confused. boy. Hey, also, save it for the podcast, Holly and Paige. I don't know why we're having discussions <laughs> via text message when we know this, we have a Holly freaking podcast. Holly is one of the only people I talk to. Jeez. Thank you very much. We'll record you. it next time. I mean, yeah, we got a transcript, but I can't publish that shit. Okay, all right. Anyway. Anyway. All right, so Bale. Okay, so... In the Ahsoka novel, we have a, a version of Bale who's just starting to gather the rebellion. Yes. Right? He's starting to think about recruiting people to this cause. How are we going to fight, as he likes to say, the yeah. chancellor? Because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to call him Emperor Palpatine, right? Which was a great slam to Yeah, Palpatine. that's awesome. Um, but then the Bale that we get in the Leia book is kind of like, he's more like reserved. And he's more like telling Bria like, we don't want to be too violent. We don't want to drop any bombs. Yeah. We don't want to do this. We don't want to do that. And it's just, I kind of am with you guys. I want to know how, like where he kind of has. The way I look at it is that it's, it's a little different when you're talking about, yeah, there's a few senators here. We got this idea very close knit. Let's make some, you know, we can't let this happen. And then you actually have systems coming together and resources and, you now have a daughter who's starting to question things. I feel like maybe some of that apprehension is starting to seep in, being like, crap, I got a lot at stake now, more so than I did before. I got a kid, and, you know, this thing could all come down all because of this, you know, 
my need to to make right in this galaxy, and now now there's more on the line. I, that yeah. was kind of me, Nettie. Am I am I wrong? Are we dealing with is this is this just you know two different writers, two different bales, or is this something else? I mean, yeah, I can definitely see that period of like what fifteen issues wearing somebody down as you're building up, you yeah. know, that rebellion from basically from scratch. And I mean, we see in Rogue One that they're not exactly a cohesive. Yeah. group and don't exactly agree so that's got to be stressful and i mean that more time too with his daughter you know that's going to build that love that could make him not want to expose her even more i would think um yeah i, I mean obviously i i bet yeah two different authors definitely plays a part but i think yeah. that's a big part of it too just that time span can definitely change somebody a lot and um I'm glad you brought up like the scene in episode three because I don't know if it's canon anymore, but in the novelization for episode three, yeah, there's like a moment too where Padme basically tells like Bear Logana and I think it's Mon Mothma and maybe some of the other rebellion people. She basically tells them, "You go along with Palpatine in the Senate, like don't stand out, don't oppose him, yeah, because you're gonna stand out and they're gonna find you then." And like Bear tells Yoda and Obi Wan, like you're gonna hear bad things about me. So, yeah, like, great assuming point. Assuming that stuff is canon, that could be wearing down on him, too. And I think there was a scene in Leia when, like, they're in the Senate chamber and they're talking about, like, Christophsis. And, like, Bear just kind of, like, looks at Leia, like, sad because they both realize what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that would definitely have to be putting a lot of wear on him, too, you would think, knowing you're helpless to yeah. do the right thing. Nettie making a deep cut. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, the Senate was intact up until A New Hope. Remember, the, the, the Emperor dissolves the Senate, but what, what are you going to do? How can you maintain order? And he just gets rid of him. So, I mean, I don't know how long Bale was kind of in that role, but Nettie's so right. Yeah. Like, the Senate was still in existence, and yeah, you don't want to stand out. So, hey, guys, you know, don't mind me if I'm speaking with a British accent over there calling for, you know, tyranny. That's, hey, you know, me, bro. It's me. It's, 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 it's Bale. So I, I can totally see that as being realistic, Holly. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, see, that's why we have these Let's conversations go. with Let's you guys. Go. Because it's so much better to talk about it together because sometimes I read it. And I just maybe don't comprehend it. No, I'm just kidding. I totally do, Jory. But that's but. A, that's something, though, that you wouldn't know because, A, they cut it out of Revenge of the Sith unless you had read that novelization. Yeah. That's why Luke, you know, speaks, you know, on almost every podcast we talk about, like, these novelizations of these movies are often very important because fine details like that that may, you may question. Why is Bale acting so weird? Well, he's got a lot on his mind. He's got a family now. He's got to keep, you know, his good graces with the Senate and and those that are actually leading it. And it's just so many, so much going on. This is why I like TV shows over movies. I'm sorry, but we just have more time to spend with these characters. And if we ever got a TV show about Bale or Ghana, I would be so down. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But then people will be like, but we know he blows up in Alderaan. It's like, get over it. There's a lot of story to be told. I just need to know more. I I don't know. I was, that's something that pleasantly surprised me. I went into the Ahsoka novel without knowing anything about it, which is something that I tend to do with Star Wars. I try to not know a lot about the things because I like to be surprised that with that. And I just was pleasantly surprised that Bail Organa was in here because he's starting to be one of my favorite characters. Sadly, we know what happens to him. Can I just interject for a second? Are we the people that wrote the review that said there was too much Ahsoka in the Ahsoka book? I'm it? starting to wonder if we wrote that in our sleep. What if there was too much Bale? 
There's not enough bail in two the Ahsoka out of five book. Stars. Come on. He's only in two thirds oh of the book. Oh my god. That's it. We're going to tweet at E.K. Johnson and be like, I'm sorry, you needed more bail. I don't think E.K. Johnson would stand for that. No, she would let you know that she, mm-hmm, yeah. she would. Yeah. I don't know. I That's something that I really enjoyed about it, and I was so surprised. BTW, uh, in case you saw Brent left, Brent had some an obligation he had to attend to. He said he might be back, so he didn't just bail on everyone and say, screw you. He had something else going on, FYI. FYI back to the this. podcast. Um. I will tell you guys something else that I really liked about this was Ahsoka's relationship with the daughter, and I can't remember her name, so somebody tell me what her name was, the Force-sensitive daughter, Mm. one of the Farty sisters. Was it No. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was great and how she kind of almost thought how to approach this girl in terms of if she were... Like, if the girl were her Padawan or her youngling, and I like seeing Ahsoka kind of take on that next role that if she had stayed in the Jedi Council and then Order 66 hadn't have happened, she would have probably assumed. Oh, that's a what-if moment, Holly. I would love to hear about. Oh, my God. Can you imagine, guys? What if? What if Order 66 didn't happen? Um, How boring would Star Wars be? It'd be the High Republic just forever, right? Gold robes. Lots of fun times. No, they weren't Crusaders. wearing gold robes. Yeah, before, right now. They're no, not in the High Republic, Holly. Holly, this is Star Wars, uh, a space opera written <laughs> by George <laughs> Lucas. Um, yeah, in case you haven't heard of it. But yeah, actually, we since Joy brought up Caden. I do want to get into talking about that relationship because I think that that was something that we saw people say in the reviews that they yeah. did not appreciate, and yep. I did not appreciate them saying they didn't appreciate it. A lot of non-appreciation going on. <laughs> um, I think that, first of all, I think that that was a surprising relationship where we had Caden kind of expressing interest in her f- or exploring her feelings about Ahsoka because I think that yeah. that's not something that we get very often in yeah. Star Wars. And so I kind of like to see how the characters kind of dealt with those feelings, especially under pressure and especially from so many different places. But yeah. Paige, I feel like you probably had a lot of feelings about that too. Let's go. <laughs> Deep breath in. Okay. Exhale. Okay. Well, first off, um, Caden is kin bisexual. First yeah. off. Canon. Big ups. Big ups to E.K. Johnson for giving my people representation. I appreciate it. Um, and because she has a Tumblr. She's one of my people. She's Let's go. One of the few <laughs> still on Tumblr. She advertises she her Tumblr in the book. And all the younglings are like, what the hell's Tumblr? <laughs> um, and um, people asked her if Ahsoka is queer. And she's like, she can't confirm or deny anything. She's not allowed yeah. to. But she's like, she's she's like um, Mark Hamill. She's like, Ahsoka can be whatever you want exactly. her to be. So for me, Ahsoka is queer. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I thought that it was great. I think um, it's not like Caden is all up on people. I think it was very subtly queer. Um, like normal people are. It was. It's not the most important thing about her as a character. Yeah. yeah. She's just a person. Yeah. She just happens to be bisexual and also into Ahsoka. Yeah. 
Who's not into Ahsoka? I'm into, I'm Ahsoka. into Ahsoka. And I'm not really into, uh, what's her what's her species, Tegrudas? Tortugas. Well, not really Tur- my thing. Yeah, Tegrudas, yeah. Tegrudas, Tortugas, um, I mean, Tostitos, Tortuga, whatever they are. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought it was great. I really liked it. I also understand Ahsoka being like, I don't know what that's about, and walking away, because I would yeah. react the same way. Um, I thought it was very relatable content. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, something something else about kind of Ahsoka's response to Caden because she says when Ahsoka rescues her from the Inquisitor, she's like, I could kiss you right now. Yeah. And Ahsoka was kind of like, what? What's a kiss? But I think, yeah, exactly. The council didn't tell me about that. Exactly. I, that's not in the Jedi handbook. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that that speaks so strongly to here's Ahsoka outside mm-hmm. of the Jedi Council, surviving Order 66, having to be alone already, but she's never learned how to develop relationships with anybody in her life because she started out as a child with trust issues. Yoda broke those walls down and then built her back up to have other trust issues because she can't have these relationships, right? And so here she is in need of building relationships to literally survive. It's not sustainable. Sorry, Obi-Wan. It's just not sustainable to live by yourself. Wow. Isolate yourself from everybody. You need to have those human interactions. But the Jedi Council set her up yeah. to not know how to form those in a time where she needs to. I, ding, ding, ding. Deep. It's yeah. a big problem. Big problem. Big problem. And it, that's why they all failed. That's why. That's why. It is. It's It's fantastic. I mean, obviously the biggest story we have of that failure is Anakin <laughs> Skywalker. But, yeah, with I can't imagine, you know, someone being like, hey, Ahsoka, what's up? She's like, I don't know what you're trying to do. I'm just trying to survive and not get my head cut off. And it's like. I, I mean, and, and in Star Wars, this is canon, folks. A kiss is an elevated form of affection, maybe borderline intercourse. So if that if they were to go there, I mean, that's a big deal. That's jumping clear to third base, possibly a full home run, Holly. But we got it at the end of the Rise of Skywalker. We did. That is, con- I mean, we may, they may have conceived in that moment. That was a long enough kiss. We're not sure. We'll see if they make an episode ten. Well, we got a queer kiss, and we got the Rulo. Well, let's be honest. That was a dumbed down queer kiss of the Rise of Skywalker. I mean, way much more. We don't more. talk about that. Yeah, that was a that was an interesting. That wasn't happening. what we wanted. We wanted a um, a Poe and Finn kiss. That's what we were promised, and we, we were lied to. And they did a great job of teasing that. Uh, I would say John Boyega and uh, Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac, Oscar Isaac wanted oh, they it. Didn't, they didn't do it. Um, they, we were queer baited. They were trying to get ah. us get us that content, but everybody else queer baited everyone. Yeah. I blame the Raylos, but you know what? That's just me. Oh, it's not their fault, but, you know, I can do a whole podcast about it. We can blame them for everything, so that's okay. Whether or not it's it's factual, we'll we'll blame them. That's fine. (laughs) Holly, we, we, we our, 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 our late arrival, as usual, may have been doing another uh, NFL fantasy draft. I'm not sure. Maybe he was watching the Lakers. I, I don't even know if that game's Fortnite. happening right now. Could have been playing Fortnite with uh, some Marvel characters, maybe. I think that's have. a thing. I saw that on the YouTubes. I don't know if it's actually happening. But, uh, Rob, I, I want to get your general thoughts on Ahsoka. Uh, we've got a lot of discussion so far. So, I mean, if you can dive in deep, that's fantastic. But what did you think of the book? All right. Well, first of all, you know, I'm not, I like Dark Disciple way more. Hey, Just, that's, that's fair. I'm sorry. Maybe I should have said that with my Kylo Red mask on. <laughs> but in, in, in context, it reminded me of another episode of Clone Wars, which I did not hate. I love the book. I thought it was cool. But 
it was like after watching the season finale and she was all fixing stuff and then going right into a book and she was fixing stuff, I felt like she was just fixing stuff. But I will say. <laughs> That's what force users do. Remember Annie? He was fixing a lot. Wait, and she's a mechanic. Yeah, I know. I know she by, is. By trade. She is. But overall, the end with the sixth brother and how it all went down and how she was able to vanquish and, you know, use the suit ultimately against him. And then sh- the way that she reiterated, in- oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I need more beer. Anyway, uh, the, way she <laughs> said, <laughs> the way she said that was perfect. Like she said, hey, he, sh- he shouldn't have been naive. He shouldn't have put that, fi- he should have put the face mask down. He shouldn't have tried to go all like that. He might have might have been able to live, but that was his fault. And and the way the whole talking with the Inquisitor at the end, too, I think it just sets up for that whole time frame that was nice. So it was good. I did like it, but I just like the dark side a little more when it's explained in books. And for me, this is one of those novels that reminds me of it's like, okay, yay. And then I want I I want some shit. You I want, want some like, dark side magic, some bleeding yes. kyber crystals, yeah, I think beheadings. That, I get it. What he wants I is want a novel. And <laughs> there he goes. Brother and sister action. I mean, I'm sure there's some of yes, that in Star Wars. Maybe Gattis. a little bit. That's fair. That's fair. But he wants that novel just, written from the six brothers' point of view. Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of inquisitors out there that we I would like to get some of their backstory too. Maybe that's a thing. That would be nice. I mean, but overall, like, I think sometimes reading the, um, this is where reading the expanded universe kind of dilutes other things because you get so used to all those crazy stories and then the betrayals and then this and then that. And then we all know, I don't have to mention, you know, the queen of stars name at all, (laughs) but it, it just says that. So when you run across like novels and there's been more like these, I've read other novels that were just like, okay, that was, you know, pretty, you know, the same with even Anne Rice's novels and the queen of the dam. When I read Vittorio, I was like, or Vittorio, uh, I just, to me, it was like, eh, whatever. Didn't need it. More Lestat, please. More Anakin, more Luke, more, uh, That's fair. Leia, more of that. But I did like the way she also explained the way she used the crystals and that they were bleeding. I actually never knew that. Yeah. And then she unbled them and they became pure white. So I do got to say that was fantastic. So I did not hate the book. It was a great book. I give it a four out of five nice. because I did love the ending. Holly, a better review than those Goodreads reviews. I will say that. So we know for sure Rob was not the one saying there was too much Ahsoka in the Ahsoka novel. That's right. Boy, that feels good to know that. Feels good to know that none of our panelists here left that review. That would have been bad. That would have been bad. But still, I don't know. Maybe too much Bail Organa. Could be too much Bail. I mean, he's he's dominated a lot of the conversation. You know, I wouldn't mind getting another Ahsoka book to kind of fill in. Okay, now that we've established her becoming Fulcrum, like Mm -hmm. what are some of the other missions that she's been doing? Who else did she help recruit to the Rebellion? Yeah. Did she get to work with young Princess Leia when she got a little bit older? Because we do see Princess Leia show up in Rebels 
And we know that Ahsoka is still working with Bayless Fulcrum. So what happens there? Well, she's still got it. That's for sure. I mean, Rob bringing up, you know, dominating the sixth brother, the 20th sister, whoever it was, she still has it. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, she came back in the Clone Wars, dominated. Came back in Rebels, dominated. It's, it's not a she, – she, she can fight whenever, wherever. But those trust issues, Holly, mm-hmm. I mean, what's it going to take to get her – in the rebellion and, and gaining allies and, and I, I, she's kind of a one man show a lot of the time in star Wars, but she's going to have to rely on a lot of different people. We ultimately know mm-hmm. that that, you know, relationship could even be with Sabine Wren and who knows where that adventure goes, but you know, a lot though, of trust. I will say, and this is something that Caden points out in the novel too. She does after she, has that encounter with the bounty hunters who were upset because they said that she owed that crime syndicate money. Mm. She, you know, you guys know the whole thing with yeah. humanitarian missions when she didn't really know she was. Yeah. Um, she did gain back her confidence after she had that moment. So that was such a pivotal moment for her in this book because that's when she realized, I don't have to be Ashla, which, by the way, we didn't talk about. But talk I think, in my opinion, Ashla was kind of like a nod to Ashley for... Yeah playing Ahsoka, so yeah. I thought that was kind of nice. But Definitely. she really shouldn't need to have that as an alias anymore. She could just be Ahsoka Tano. Yeah, and own it and be a badass that the galaxy needs. Mm-hmm. And I think that that kind of that moment helped her trust herself and have confidence in what she was there to do. Yeah, And I think ultimately in the end, that's going to help with her trust issues down the road. But that's just me. Yeah. Well, my question is then, like, are, are we going to, People talk about a post-Clone Wars Ahsoka series. I don't know. You don't know what to believe on the internet. (laughs) Everything's a possibility according to all these insiders that aren't actual insiders in Star Wars. Um, But, I mean... There's some there's some history here then that we could we could rely on with the bail interactions with Ahsoka. Are we going to get that in a series, Holly? I would love to get that in a series. This is canon. But I guess we can see what everybody else thinks. Jory... What do you want now, post Ahsoka, but pre Rebels? That in between. That in, but that sweet spot. Ooh, I'm not sure. To be completely honest, um, yeah, that's okay. It's tough. It is. It's really tough. Um, I mean, is that like a is that I, a Cassian series? Wait, that's no. That's way. That's way. Later. No, that's way later. So. So pre-Rebels, post-Ahsoka, um, I mean, you could give us, you, I mean, honestly, you can give us more Ahsoka. I mean, that'd, yeah. be, that'd be fine. Just give us another book. It's like that. I'm very okay with that. Yeah. Um, uh, you could give us, what, I mean, what are, what's the Bad Batch doing? What's yeah. Rex doing? You know, things like that. Um, I mean, I'm definitely down to see uh, what those clones did uh, post I mean, because honestly, we get a mention of Rex. We get a mention. Uh, we didn't even get a mention of Bad Batch, I don't think. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you can, if you get something along those lines of, you know, what happened to those troopers, I mean, I'd definitely be down to see what's going on with that. Yeah. All right, anyone else? Are we done with Ahsoka? I mean, are, is this it? <laughs> no way. No way. I think, like, Holly, there's so many opportunities to get what you're asking for. Uh, you know, more Fulcrum Ahsoka potentially. Yeah, depending on what time period the Bad Batch covers, I think it's going to start a lot closer to the 
to Revenge of the Sith, but then who knows kind of how long it will stretch. But then, like we've mentioned several times, there's the Cassian series coming in in that in between episode three and episode four time period. There's the Obi-Wan series. Um, so there, there's tons of potential to drop her in, whether or not I don't think you can put her in everything. It's like, yeah, don't put Ahsoka in everything as wonderful as she is, as much as we love her. Then it might get to be like, okay, does Ahsoka have to be in everything? Yeah. <laughs> but I, there's so many places that she could drop in. You, it's rumored she's in Mandalorian season two. But that's obviously a much different story, time frame, and canon. Um, but you could definitely drop her into one of the th- other three that I mentioned, um, integrate her in there, and we get more of, of what we want because we always seem to want more of her. Yeah. And I, I want to connect a little bit. Um, I missed some of the discussion, but, but part of the discussion about um, her inability or struggle to kind of form relationships because of how the Jedi were viewing that as she was being brought through as a Padawan, um, you know, not seeing it as a strength or a potential strength, but only seeing it as like um, a way to fall (laughs) or become weaker by becoming too personally attached to different things. Um, There was a great, I think one of the best interludes that uh, EK wrote was the um, Obi-Wan just alone on Tatooine. We've kind of alluded to it a few times as well. He, um, it says that he, he felt like, um, you know, shame that they left Shmi behind in slavery on Tatooine and that since he was on Tatooine, you know, in isolation, he went to her grave mm. and apologized to her for losing Anakin and, and how he, he felt shame that they never let Anakin go back and try to free her. And luckily she eventually was freed, but then, you know, ultimately, you know, perished. Um, and, and that, like, Obi-Wan working through the the failings of the Jedi teaching and the the Jedi dogma of the time that that Ahsoka is also sort of working through and growing beyond in in her post Jedi life. Uh, I thought that was a, a really fascinating way to connect it and really powerful stuff to think about Obi Wan standing in front of Shmi's grave. Yeah. And, uh, I thought that you know, like I said, I think E.K. Johnson just gets Star Wars and writes beautiful moments like that uh, really well. Holly, yeah. it's it's a moment I want to see in the Kenobi series, and when he's talking about Obi Wan, I'm reminded of the discussion you and I had. I think it was Bale talking to Ahsoka, right, mm-hmm. and, and talking about Obi Wan and his isolation and how what was it that he is focusing on the future, looking and towards the future, not the present, and not the present. We need someone in the now. Yeah, he he's out there. Yoda and him are out there, and, and they're. They're waiting. They're waiting for the actual chosen one. That's my opinion. I know that's not a popular one, but we're waiting for a new hope. We're waiting for a sign for for the next, you know, for the next savior. We're gonna we're gonna groom that idea, but we need someone in the now to fight evil. And to me, that's that's the rebels crew. That's that's Ahsoka. That's the people fighting the fight that has to take place in order. For even Luke Skywalker to have that moment. You don't have Luke Skywalker if you don't have the rebellion. You don't have Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, and them having these moments if you don't have the people putting in the groundwork. Yeah. And that's such, it's something that we tend to forget about because we love those heroes, 
But what about the now? Yeah. And that's something that's so great about this book, too, is that, uh, you know, some people criticized it for, oh, it's just Ahsoka running around trying to find her new purpose. <laughs> Aren't we all? Amen. <laughs> Preach every day. Okay? Here we are. Yeah. But I thought it was great because she had all these skills that she had learned. And then she yeah. was like, what does it all mean? Because yeah. now everything's been lost. And then she realizes I'm not even going to question it because yeah. I have this newfound confidence and I understand where my place in all of this is now. And I, can, I know what I have to do. I can fix a bad motivator if that has to become my lifestyle. <laughs> like if there's no hero to be played, mm-hmm. I can be a mechanic the rest of my life if I need to. I've got that sure. down pat. We'll fix that thresher so you don't shred yourself in the fields anymore. Oh, uh, what? Oh, it happened in the book. You'd have oh, to read it. Oh, boy. Don't recall that moment. But I thought that was <laughs> that's such a cool... I, I, I don't know. I, I never really thought of Star Wars in that way, right? That, that Obi-Wan and Yoda, they, they seem like they're the only ones out there. That they're, they're the only ones left. We, we put all of our eggs in, in those two, and then Luke comes along. But, like, what about the now? What about those that were still fighting tyranny? It's just there's so many stories to be told, and I think that's why I'm excited for more Ahsoka. Yeah, it's going to be great to find out what her and Sabine do, but, like, I would love to hear more about this and the, in, yeah. the initial phases of the rebellion, and even mm-hmm. the Cassian series, and like what these people went through, and and they went through hardships too. Remember, Cassian lost his; he lost everything as well. Uh, you know, uh, we, we we have other characters that lose everything and choice and choose to join the fight because that's what's necessary in the moment. It's just I I want to see more of that in Star Wars. Yeah, I agree. All right, we'll jump to Paige and then to Nettie because I think Nettie also had something to say about where he'd like to see Ahsoka um, I just wanted to say I think Michael is exactly right um, because yeah all of like the battles and lightsabers and all that's great but at the end of the day you have to deal with consequences of all of that Yeah, war and all of that I mean she has severe survivor's guilt this entire time Yeah, like she's still like she still has feelings and I know that's very boring and people don't care about that normally, (laughs) but you still have to deal with the very real emotions that come from these kinds of things. And I think that's very important that these kinds of novels exist because you see and you have to go through that with the character. So, I mean, for me personally, that's why it was so cathartic to go through the book as far as how difficult as it was for me to read it. Um, I hope that like we get more of that kind of content from Star Wars. Like Cassian would be a great way to do that. Yeah. His dad got murdered by the rebellion. Yeah, but he still goes and works with the rebellion. I would love to hear more about his thought process behind that. Yeah, that would be great. Um, so I hope that we get more of this kind of filler content. Um, in the meantime, between the new Disney Plus kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Nettie. All right. So the first thing I thought of when you mentioned um, that time period and filling in some gaps, and this is probably because I'm a gamer, but I'm just going to say it, that Fallen Order Come on. ended off, you know, get enough spot that we could yes. have a Fallen Order too. Yes. And that's during that time frame. Absolutely. Um, I mean, like we mentioned, too, there's Black Sun, the crime syndicate in Fallen Order. I can't remember if it's given a specific name, but we know Greece has, yeah. you know, his issues with um, shady organizations like that. It's possible their paths cross like that. 
Ahsoka talks about going and finding more children that are force sensitive and all of that. I mean, that's the entire plot of Fallen Order. Yeah. I won't go into the spoilers at the end, but yeah. that's a big part of it. I think there's a lot of ways you could bring Ahsoka into a Fallen Order sequel if you wanted, and you probably have to jump more like 10 years or five years or so, but you could even bring in like Maul and Kira in there too. Yeah. Or some solo sequel too. I mean, that might be getting a little excessive, but a video game is also, you can make a video game a lot longer than a movie ever could be. And even probably a book too. You could definitely expand that out. So I think that'd be a good place to explore some of that. God, yes. I love, I forgot about Kira. Like she's another person seen some crap, kind of had to go along with things and make her own path. And, her future completely unknown. Yeah, I I think that that's a great point. Earlier today, Michael and I were kind of talking about the connection between this Ahsoka novel and what was going on in Fallen Order. Um, no spoilers, because I know Paige has been blowing still, through still that. Still on uh, Bagano, jumping through the... Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I got off Zepho. I'll have you know, Zepho. I'm on to back to Kashyyyk Kish- nice. now. I'll have you know, I know what happens. Let's go. I know what happens. Um, no, you could happen. not avoid spoilers. They were everywhere. Yeah, no, they really were. Um, I'm on Tumblr. <laughs> She's seen it all. Tumblr is spoiling Revenge of the Sith right now. That's how behind Tumblr is. God. I'm kidding. No, Michael, you have no idea. No, I, 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 <laughs> the I, things I, I the things I have seen the past week, Michael, you have no idea. They're seeing the huh. freaking future. God damn it! I, uh, I need to get back on Tumblr. Had a few pages, Holly. Mm. Spoiler warning: I was a it did some stand up comedy. Uh, actually, that's not that's not true at all. They were sketches uh, back I'm, in the day. I don't think you can find them anymore. But hey, I'll I'll do a Google search. <laughs> He'll find them for you. Absolutely. Um, but I think that. Even though there, I think I kind of said this earlier, there's a big time gap between when Ahsoka was written and when Fallen Order came out, right? But they align so perfectly when you're on Ilum, and we see in the Ahsoka novel that there's all the drilling that's happening, the Empire's just going in and destroying this planet, and that's exactly what we see in Fallen Order, and it just aligns so well, and we know that Cal was looking for something specific that is brought up in this novel multiple times. And Ahsoka knows it exists. And like Nettie said, she wants to do something about it to make sure that these children are safe. So at some point, I would imagine if she's trying to recruit people for the rebellion, I mean, Cal has to be in there. Like, he's not in hiding. They know that he exists. The Empire is specifically looking for him. And isn't it crazy, like, how desperate things were, how many stories we have of these heroes trying to look for these these force sensitives to save everything. It ends up being a lot of your just regular ass people that end up saving the day with, you know, a hero's shot from Luke Skywalker and mass murder occurring on the Death Star. But I mean, like, it's crazy how it almost is overplayed, right? I, 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 but what they did in Fallen Order is better than anything they've ever done with holocrons and force users and all that. Like, what they did at the end of that is is perfect. That's 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 this kind of newer age, the force and how it's your destiny that's to be determined, not someone else to determine it for you. I think that's let's go with that. That's, that's Michael that's, Star that's Wars the jam right there. That's my jam. <laughs> that's Star Wars slaps. That's right. Why why the hell are we leaving things around with a bunch of names in them anyway? What do you want a roadmap right to these people? Like come on, if I, 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 get out of here with that. 
I just think that, I don't know, that's just such an interesting thing, like you said, that that would even exist. Everybody wants yeah. a little pause on it, but. Yeah, they're so dangerous, and why don't we have them? Like, let's just, anyway, Cal is ahead of the game, ahead of everyone. So I hope good things happen with Cal, but he'll probably be murdered. So let's be honest. Let's be honest. He's going to make a big sacrifice. I don't know. That's that's like the Jedi way, though, right? They try to make this, in the end, big sacrifice for the greater good, right? They do. They do. Boy, we have steered far off Ahsoka, but I love it because I think her story just generates so many thoughts. Uh, it's it's a simple story, um, but I think those added nuggets they they add, they add a lot more a lot more to the discussion there. But let's let's get some final thoughts, Holly. You want to hear some final thoughts? I do want to hear some Running final on an thoughts. an hour and a half, so yeah. We'll wrap it up. We'll get some final thoughts. I think uh, maybe Rob had one to throw in there. Yeah. Just uh, just a tad. So I pretty much already gave my final thoughts uh, when I talked about the whole end of the novel and everything like that. So, But for me, what when you guys brought up the Ahsoka novel, then falling into the Fallen Order genre after that, and then trying to match everything with Cassian, I think it would make perfect sense if we knew about that time period after her when Ezra pulls her through that time portal. Yeah. And I think if you fill that, that time period can take her to the point of where the Mando is happening, where she's that older Ahsoka that we all want to see. We want to see that. And I think that if we do Ahsoka after that, I don't know what that would do because apparently from canon right now, you're pretty boring if you're an old Jedi in any of their movies, like what happened with Luke. Mm -hmm. So... I want to see Ahsoka after all this crap hit the fan. And when you brought up the end, uh, am I spoiling the end of Fallen Order for uh, for Paige? I okay, think so we I all know say. it. No, I know it. Unless Dugan okay. hasn't finished it. He's good. He's good. Okay. He's good. He said spoil okay, the hell so, out of it. So for me, when you see that cow, and yes, he probably will be killed. So that means Siri is also killed too. And she was pretty powerful. So if this happens, and we brought this up in a previous podcast, if they do part two, like a five or a ten year gap, then Cal will have matured his powers, Siri will be older, and then maybe you get the Obi-Wan kind of dying, and then Cal goes forward, but then what do you do with Cal? And then that's the beauty of Star Wars. God, I... So much... I think if Ahsoka needs anyone, it's Cal. I think her and Cal would make a great pair yeah. to just team up. And, like, he's he is very trusting. Maybe it's a problem. Yeah. Maybe that will run, run into some problems. But uh, for a minute there, I was like, is he just going to, like, try to you know buddy it up with Darth Vader and get choked out? And that's the end of the game. I was like, uh. shit, that's a terrible way to end it. But uh, I, I, he, I feel like he's someone that can get you out of your show. We saw that with his whole crew yeah. there. I think Ahsoka and him – at least meeting and having a moment to, to, to just kind of, I don't know, just bounce their experiences off each other would be a hell of a story for me. I don't know what that would look like, but I, I'm, I'm absolutely down. There's so many good characters to say, I want to see them team up with Ahsoka. Yeah. It's actually kind of overwhelming to think about. Yeah. Yeah. I think <laughs> you even said Mason Ahsoka at one time, Holly. I mean, just going out, you know, okay. For one the hand record. Mace Windu and Ahsoka are battling evil. Mace Windu was not my favorite character, yeah. 
but we are watching some of the episodes of the Clone Wars yeah. that I didn't get to watch. Huge and there was Mace fan. No, I'm not a huge Mace fan. His purple lightsaber is pretty baller, yeah. so that would be my choice for a lightsaber. See, yeah. thank you. Everybody agrees. Absolutely. Yeah. But I don't know. There are some moves that he had in this one episode of the Clone Wars Ooh. we watched the other night, and I was like, I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah, he's a smooth guy. Pretty, pretty, not that kind of move. Oh. Just like agile and, I don't know, good at. Yeah, his flexible, jet. agile. Good at that yeah, Jedi absolutely. thing. Whatever. Okay. Really good calisthenics, <laughs> I agree. Okay. Uh, Dugan, any final thoughts, man? Like uh, Ahsoka, uh, the book, the character, any, any final thoughts? Yeah, no. Um,. I really like what Rob was just saying, especially about tying it to Fallen Order. That was actually one of the first video games I've actually played in, like, Let's 15 years. And, like, I feel like beforehand, like, I would never go slowly through games. Like, when you would used to have to watch, like, the story part of something, sometimes you would just want to, like, speed through yeah. it. Like, I think, like, James Bond back in the day, yeah. like, Nintendo 64. Or just like going real quick through it, and so, but like it was like I love Fallen Order, and so to tie that to Ahsoka, that would be great. But I, I think I am I'm just like more interested to seeing it, t- seeing her come out in Mando, and yeah. seeing how her character goes there. I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I think that that would I that's where I would like to see her. Um, but yeah, and also just like with like the, the, bro- the brothers and I, I would like to know more about like the Inquisitors yeah. Yeah. and, um, that's something that I just, so, and I may have just like missed the bus on that one, but no. like, I feel like that's something that like, I just like don't really know that much about and like, who are these like guys who are yeah. these entities and, um, that would be something I would I'd be interested in reading more about or seeing more. Yeah, yeah I think. Yeah, I asked Michael. I mean, he already called me a three year old earlier, but whoa! <laughs> I was I couldn't stop asking questions. I'm like reading the end of Ahsoka, and I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. Why this Inquisitor why? said this isn't the first time that he had a lightsaber. <laughs> who is he? Where did he come from? Who recruited? How's him? a laser sword made? How do you swing that thing? How long is it? How big your hand have to be? Like it was a lot of questions. It was a lot of questions. They weren't those ones specifically, but there were questions. But I would yeah. love to know more about the Inquisitors because I just want to know, like, what persuaded them <laughs> to join the dark well, side? Obviously, the dark side is very tempting, as Brent can tell you there on Exegol, <laughs> running the Sith Empire. It's very persuading. But, and some of them were Jedi who turned, right? And, and But then we see some stories in the comic books. Some of them actually are like... This shit's getting crazy. We're getting out of here. And these people end up getting executed by Darth Vader. But, like, some of them end up getting unconscious, and they're like, "This, is, uh, we're going to go do our own thing. I didn't sign up for this. But, yeah, we don't really know a ton about, uh, like, their stories and what made them. Yeah, like, you just and witness mass murder, and you're like, let's join yeah, these guys. Yeah, what? No, question number two about the Inquisitors yeah. that I need to know the answer to is, if they're not using their original lightsabers or their original crystals yeah. that were in their first lightsabers, what happened to them? Yes. I need to know that because now we have all this lightsaber lore, but then yeah. they're saying, they oh, yeah, but they're saying this isn't the first lightsaber that I've ever held. So what, wow. what did they just find a new crystal? Does their crystal not want to be yeah. with them anymore because they've turned to the dark side? Like I need more of that. They're not lightsaber virgins, but they, there was a, there was a mass gathering of all Kyber crystals 
in the in the known galaxy and they destroyed them but remember they got those like double-edged like helicopter like spinny things so they could have found other crystals maybe they just bled existing ones i don't know i think that we now know after reading this book that those spinny helicopter sabers are terrible idea whoa Paige likes them so i'm gonna i'm gonna give it to Paige. maybe Paige, your final thoughts are just how you know maybe it's a a three-part essay on why inquisitorious laser swords are the best i mean i think that trilla is the only one who should be allowed to use them because she can articulate it really well let's talk about um I think I could do a podcast on Trilla I and how much too. I love her. I could um, too. I love her so much. And Paige I feel and really Michael, the Trilla podcast. I'll start it. I'll do a podcast with you. Let's do it. I'll do it. I love her so much. You know, I was just waiting for her to show back up, and she showed back up last night, and I was really excited. Uh, she shows um, up in my dreams. Spoiler <laughs> for my dreams. She like she like beat my ass, but I was like, all right, that's fine. She um, like there's it. something to it. Like, go do it again, Trilla. Sorry, it's turning it's into fine. a. It's fine. Yeah. I'm sorry. No. Um, no, I love those lightsabers. I don't know how they work. I don't think they're very practical. Um, but you can fly. But they're cool. Yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. I don't think it makes much sense. Um, but I would. I also would like to know more about the Inquisitors. I have a lot of questions. Some of the same questions that Holly, ha- Holly yeah. has. But I'm not going to repeat them because I don't want to be called a three-year-old. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Back to, back to the book. Um, I liked the book. Um, I We didn't talk about the Empire guy who was useless and was just kind of there. I don't know why he was really ever mentioned, but he was just there. Yeah. I don't think anybody you know? really knew why he was the one who was chosen to be there anyway. I don't know. He was there, and then he was like, I got to go. So he just left. Yeah. Um, but I don't know why he was there. Um, I... Uh, I really like the idea of Ahsoka in Fallen Order, and that's it. Uh, I'm not yeah. excited for her to be in Mando. Yeah. There are very specific reasons, and they rely entirely with the actress. Hey, so actress fair. actress aside. Actress aside, let's say yeah, Ashley have, Eckstein have, shows up. I have a lot of concerns about be- Mando being crowded, and I know I'm the unpopular opinion puffin. No, I agree I'm, with you. I know that. Um, I'm puffin. here for Din. I'm here for Din. I'm only here for Din. Yeah. If Din's gone, I'm out. Yeah. Um, so that's fair. But yeah, no, I have a big problem with Rosario. There's lots of problems with Rosario um, within the LGBTQIA community. You can Google it. Um, yes, that's fair. So I'm very nervous. I'm very nervous. <laughs> I've been very worried for this trailer. I don't know when it's coming out. Maybe we just don't but, get uh, one. Hey, you can't believe Maybe it any won't of, happen. You can't believe it may uh, not even happen at all. The whole show may just be yeah, done. But you can't yeah, believe the rumors. Yeah. There may be it may just be Baby Yoda and Mando, and that's it. If it that's be. it, then I will be full of bliss. But. I'm very nervous. That's fair. That's fair. But, but does love Ahsoka, Holly Page? Big Ahsoka fan. Big Ahsoka fan. I love Ahsoka. Big Ahsoka fan. Big Who Ahsoka doesn't? Fan. It's nothing to do with her. That's it's okay. just other things. That's okay. <laughs> Nettie, final thoughts. Maybe it's about laser swords. Maybe it's about Ahsoka. All right. Um, so first, one plug, and you kind of plugged this, Michael, but you get a little bit more Inquisitor information if you read the Darth Vader Dark Lords of the Sith comic yeah. line. Um I feel like that was like the first time I learned anything about him other than like Rebels. And he's so writing it down. I'd recommend reading that. It's just, it doesn't answer all the questions you guys have, I bet, but it definitely answers some. I thought it was a really good line. But um, 
in terms of the book, yeah, see, I, like I said, I really enjoy it. I think um, EK does a great job of just tying a bunch of threads together in there. And like everybody's been saying, she really knows Star Wars. Like there's kind of like a throwaway line in there that like the plant they're growing on the moon helps you like walk in low gravity better, yeah. i.e. Death Star. Like that's just like a one throwaway line that ties yeah, in so well. let's go. Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon line and stuff, and then obviously Ahsoka and everything. So she just ties everything in really well, and I really enjoy it. And this is a conversation probably for another podcast, but what I want to know with the laser swords is so you can get a red crystal by bleeding it and a white crystal by purifying a corrupted one. What makes a black crystal? Because I'm assuming the dark saber has a black crystal. <laughs> I want to know that now. Yes. <laughs> hey, that's fucking me. That's Maybe a Mando great point. Two. <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah, maybe maybe we find out it's it's freaking like where it start. Like I, we know how it kind of came about, but not like how it came about. Like how did they create it? Like we know it was a Mandalorian not... Jedi, but like why did he have Who such a she? wicked sword? Like I, you know, like emphasize the W. Um, can we start having Nettie write the show notes? Because if he's going to pull that kind of stuff, I mean that that's the kind of that's the kind of discussion material when we get those deep cuts that really just boy, really just lift my spirits. <laughs> uh, Brent, Brent, final thoughts from Exegol. Maybe this book should be thrown away because it's too much light side. There's too much Ahsoka. But I, I mean, final thoughts, my friend. I. Final thoughts. I mean, it was a great book. Um, I don't know if you guys covered this while I was away dealing with the younglings, but uh, if, if so, then go ahead and stop me. Um, but I love it. at the very beginning of the book. I think when she's trying to get away from that spaceport she's initially at when she's first leaving everything, she makes a comparison um, to Anakin and Obi-Wan when she's trying to get out. She's like, you know, thinking about it. She's like, if Anakin were to do this, he'd make a big scene, a huge commotion, and he'd be caught. Mm. And if Obi-Wan were to do this, He'd try and like evade everything. He'd be really cool and he'd be really sneaky, but he'd get caught. Yeah. He's like, so in the end, they have the same results or whatever. So she's like, I just have to do this my own way. And I just love that they set that up right off the bat, that whole dichotomy, but the similarities between their, her, basically her two masters. Cause it was, you know, it was Anakin, but Obi-Wan was always there as well. Yeah. And always over her shoulder and stuff like that. So she really had two masters and stuff like that. And just to set that up right off the bat, I just, that was one of my favorite parts of the entire book. It was a nice nod to, but like you think of, yeah, Anakin's her her master, but like she was with Obi Wan so much because Anakin was out doing shit he wasn't told to do, so someone had to be listening to orders, and that was Obi Wan Kenobi. But and and you're right too, like she's thinking fondly of Anakin, and like as much as there were differences in the Clone Wars, like even when Maul says Anakin's the key to everything. Sidious has been grooming him. She just, nah, not Anakin. Will not believe it. And for years, I, it, that's what I want to know. Like, in Rebels, still, I mean, maybe there were some doubts that, you know, uh, did he die or did he turn? Uh, maybe not, but, like, she's also grappling with losing Anakin, just like Obi-Wan is. I mean, obviously, Obi-Wan knows what really happened, but I mean, just grappling with it in a different way. But I, I like that, you know, another nod there to oh, thinking fondly of Annie as he's slaughtering younglings. Like, God, I mean, come on, Ahsoka, get it together. Maul told you what he was doing. But anyway, I digress. Let's not listen to Maul. Can't Maybe him. the most enlightened 
person in Star Wars, and we just cut him in half and push him to the side. Anyway, Holly, I'm done. <laughs> Luke, you got some final thoughts, my friend, on Ahsoka or Laser Swords or Maul or whatever it may be? That, that's harsh to throw to me after this epic rant that you go on. Like, how am I supposed to follow this? Should have just stopped the recording right then and there. I should have just walked away. <laughs> just walk away. Um, no, yeah, if, if, if you see E.K. E. Johnson in Star Wars on a book, go ahead and grab it. Uh, as we've said throughout, uh, she writes the, the, the characters you love and know in, uh, in new and interesting ways that you might not have expected of them. Gives you new insights, uh, connects things really well. We're always looking for all the, the connections and the, the grand webbing of, of all of Star Wars. And uh, she does it in really interesting ways, really satisfying ways. Um, so, no, you can't go wrong grabbing this, giving a read. Like everyone said, it's in that YA category, so it's like a, an easier read um, to get through. And I just read uh, Queen's Peril and I've read Queen's Shadow as well, are, are very similar in that in that way enjoyable fun reads so go for it ek holly one of the ogs in new canon novels it, it and I, which i'm kind of pumped about i a lot of you know there's a lot of chuck wintig in the beginning he was kind of the seemed like one of the big you know he's kind of like the charles soul of comics and in, in the novel area it seemed like he was going to be one of the big ones but yeah, his departure, I will just put it at that, has allowed, I think, for some other authors to get in there and, and offer stories, EK being one of them. It's just it's one of those OG authors now. You can really bank on creating great Star Wars content, and I cannot wait to see. I don't know if she has any involvement in the High Republic. I hope so. Uh, but uh, hopefully we're going to see even more from her because – she, I, I loved being at the panel when we heard from her. She's just, she is a funny, funny lady, she and she does, she writes Star Wars well, and you could tell that she was a fan of it, and I think that's why she writes it so well. But she is, she is awesome. I'm looking forward to more from her. But uh, Jory, coming to you with final thoughts, my friend. Uh, you've been a quiet one, uh, and I think that's probably just because I talk too much. But I, I want you to get uh, get all your thoughts out now. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure at all. Um, no, I, I, I thought it was a really good book. Um, you know, like I said earlier in the podcast, I thought it was a good book for uh, kids that if they enjoy the Clone Wars, this would be a good for one for them to read yeah. um, to be able to uh, connect with their character. Um, I had some connections uh, that I thought were kind of cool. Um, I, that, And I actually think we talked about this last time. Um, uh, how Ashla is actually the name, the Lasats or Lasats, Lasats. I'm not yeah. sure how you pronounce that. Um, that's the name that they give the Force, um, which I thought was kind of a cool connection. Um, yeah. It's also, it's also if you kind of put names together, it's Ashley Eckstein and Ahsoka kind of combined. So mm. I don't know if they're giving a little nod there. Yeah. Um, that, 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 that was kind of cool. Um, and then uh, there was a continuity error in the book, and I don't know if anybody else caught it. Um, I actually caught it when I was reading it, or not reading it, but listening to it, um, the very first time I, I listened to it. And I wasn't sure, and then the second time I listened to it, I was like, yeah, definitely continuity error. Um, uh, Varton, when she walks into the uh, the bar, I guess you'd Zelda's. say. Yep, Zelda's, yep. 
um, when Ahsoka walks into Zelda's and they're doing their very first plotting and talking about the Empire and, and, and things like that, uh, Vartan actually calls her Ahsoka. He says, Ahsoka's right, because she, you know, she wipes the board away and they're like, we were working <laughs> on that. And, uh, you know, she's like, you guys need to be more careful. And Vartan actually calls her Ahsoka, um, which they don't know she's Ahsoka yet. They still think she's Ashla. And um, that was just a continuity error in the book um, by E.K. Johnson, which is, it's whatever it happens. Um, But uh, they actually did mention it in uh, the wiki. And then, (laughs) um, and then just going back to what uh, somebody was talking about it earlier uh, about Ahsoka and like reflecting on her masters. I thought it was pretty cool uh, because uh, I think it was when um, Hidalgo was asking is asking her if her parents used to fight, and, her, and she's talking about her adopted parents, and she's like, you know, she kind of smiles, and she's like, yeah, you know, they used to bicker a lot and, yeah. and things like that, and and uh, <laughs> I, you know, I just kind of thought that was uh, a little nice little nod to Anakin and uh, Obi Wan. That's yeah, awesome. I I thought that too. I thought that's great that you brought that up, Dory, because I had a laugh at that when I read it too. Because I was like, and they were like, she smiled like she was remembering something so fondly, and you're like, of course it has to include Anakin, and the only other one would be Obi Wan. Exactly. Another one of those moments uh, talking to Bale, right? When Bale mentions his daughter and how she's become so much like her mother, and Ahsoka makes a point to say. I really don't know what he's talking about, but okay. Am I wrong when he's mentioning? Am I wrong? The bail was making a nod to Padme. Yeah. 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 I thought that was cool too. So these good Star Wars writers know how to make those subtle little nods where it just, it just, it makes you kind of feel good inside. You're like, it's all connected and I love it. Um, Holly, you had, you had some thoughts, you know, that maybe they're on that paper other than lightsaber. Um, Did we get to all of them? I think we got to all of them. Literally, my notes were as follows. Lightsaber. Lightsaber in big capital letters. Ahsoka with a heart and a question mark. Is that like, does she have a heart? (laughs) Well, it was. Is she a cyborg? (laughs) Uh, Maybe. Um. No, that's all I had, really. That's literally Those are just my notes. I didn't take very good notes this time. It just says Ahsoka heart. I know something. Yeah, I have a little something to add to that. We want to add a little gaming to that. So Twilight was the best dancer kind of profession in Star Wars Galaxies. And you want to say Jedi don't allow attachments. So I think if you're not allowed attachments and you're a dancer, maybe you just go about relationships a different way. If you know what I'm saying. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean. Isn't she Tegruden and not Twilight? Yeah. So that's so that's one I issue. Just think Twilight's, yeah, I think Twilight's just I don't I'm not going to call them like they don't have feelings. I just think that they're more like this, you know, like they're like just straight edge. They don't care. They get the job done. But I'm using the Star Wars Galaxy reference because that's what they did. That was their best profession was literally being a dancer. So it was always like they just didn't give a crap in the end. They didn't want to go do anything else. So whoever wrote that game said Twilight's just phrasing themselves out well, in a way. So 
Go on. I think. Oh, I think it, it, maybe a lot of them were enslaved, right? And and I think that's yeah. that's where we see them mostly in Star they Wars. They were forced to being almost like sex workers. But don't so. forget the greatest of them oh. all, Harrison. That's Dula. right, and her. Freedom fighter father. And let me, I'll be, I'll be on it. Like, like Rob said, a very no nonsense attitude, which makes her such a BA though. Hey, a sensitive side, little relations there with, uh, with, uh, can can Canaan almost said Canon. I, yeah, I don't know Who what are you I'm, going for? I don't know, Holly. Oh, okay. I've had one ice water, so I'm not really sure why I started there. Um, <laughs> one ice water on the rocks, but, uh, so how, so we got to all your notes, Holly. Yeah, that was all my notes guys. I, I like this book. This was the first novel that I've read by E.K. Johnson, and I definitely yeah. was not disappointed. Um, I was actually kind of nervous to see what everyone else thought, yeah. even though you all voted for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was kind of nervous to see what you guys all thought, though, because it got not the greatest yeah. reviews online, but you can't trust everything on can't the trust Internet. Nope. Can't. So definitely I, not on Tumblr. We know that. Kate Page <laughs> has confirmed that. They may be predicting the future. We don't know. Um, but uh, I voted Millennium Falcon. But uh, Holly, a popular character, and it's. I think a lot of votes came. You know, it's in the height of the Clone War. Yeah. We're all still on that high, and I think we all realize, you know, her rebels involvement, and we want her future there. But did this book disappoint you at all? Then, no. filling in this time period, even there, there was some like continuity issues with Clone Wars. No, I rewatched. Um Season 7, episode 10 Let's tonight, where go. Ahsoka and Darth Maul have their confrontation because I wanted to remember how that went after reading this novel. And honestly, even though there were discrepancies between the two, I love both of them. I think both of them were written very well. They get their points across, and they just add a little extra dimension to our characters. So I didn't have any disappointments with this book. I know some people categorized it as YA and some didn't. Yeah. Um, I definitely don't think this is going to be the last E.K. Johnston book that we would ever read on this podcast. Yeah. So I'm really excited to read more from her because I definitely want to get into um, like Queen Shadow and Absolutely. those books. Um, yes, please. Yeah, so so stay tuned for that because she definitely, I can see how she's so successful at writing Star Wars. I think we all agree that she just gets it. Like we all have said, Luke said that. She just understands how to write these characters, how to write the story. She's a huge fan, and that really comes through in the way that she writes. Plus, they're easy reads. Absolutely. You know, just they flow so well. I like her writing <laughs> style i think that it was done really well so absolutely a nice quick read a little ya but that never hurt anyone uh our beloved character pick it up check it out ahsoka the novel by ek johnson and maybe we'll just go on an ek johnston kick and read all of her novels i mean we might do that we i might. might put a poll in the group maybe next week. it may just be ek johnson novels. it might literally just have one option and that's all you get that's right that's right we i shall have picked see. the book we shall see guys i hope you enjoyed that discussion we are every month picking up a star wars novel keeping it canon for now until we run out of books to read which we know that'll never happen in star wars um so we're picking up a book every month we'll put it in the poll or put it in the Facebook group. We'll have wow. a poll in there. Uh, yeah, that's what she said. Um, we'll put a poll in the Facebook group. Let me rephrase that. 
um, <laughs> and let you guys decide what we're reading. Everyone's got a voice here. We are a democracy, not a dictatorship. Um, even if Anakin Skywalker wanted it that way, never forget. Um, Holly, it's been a pleasure as always. Where can people find us, Holly? Oh, good Lord. I mean everywhere. We're all over the place. You can find me here. You can't even get away from us. Yeah, seriously. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We have a Facebook group. We have an email address. We're on any planet. We have an email address. Yes, we're not going to give it to you. Just have fun searching for it. You'll see it scrolling at the bottom of the YouTube. Now I'm scared that Holly doesn't know what the email address is. It's flyingcasualcast at gmail.com. Thank you, Holly. I'm glad that you know what that is. Uh, You can hit us up there. Join the Facebook group. Hit us up on all social media. Every once in a while, Holly and I just have a few drinks and go game. And that hasn't happened in a couple weeks. But sometimes we like to do a little streaming action with our friends here. A lot of them joined us there, and it was a good time. Uh, So you may catch us there on the YouTubes. Uh, And if you haven't checked out the YouTube, go check it out. See all these lovely faces here. Like the video. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And check us out on all podcast feeds. You can leave us a review on Apple Apple Podcasts. You can uh, give us a rating. You can check us out on Spotify. Wherever you listen to podcasts, we are there. Boy, I hope that's an accurate (laughs) statement. I think we are. Um, But I hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, If you did... Like it, subscribe, whatever you got to do to let us know that you enjoyed it. We appreciate you listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed this novel, and we'll see you next time. May the Force be with you. <laughs>